Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast where we bring you breaking news and interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and influencers from football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards. My name is Kenny Stubblefield. I am the lead digital content creator for Go Tigers 247. And if you're listening to this, you know what we what we do here at Off the Boards, man. We bring in some of the most influential influencers. We bring in coaches, players to interview and, and talk about what's going on within the uh, Memphis program, players within the Memphis program. And I am excited to have Ryan Fowler on with me today. Ryan works with the Draft Network, and he was at the Senior Bowl this year in February, and he got to see a couple of players that are near and dear to Tiger fans. He got to see Calvin Austin III and Dylan Parham play. And so we wanted to bring him on and get his insight into Calvin and Dylan. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks, Kenny. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, man. So tell me, uh, before we get into Calvin and Dylan and talking about your time, because I know you're very, very high on both of those players. So I wanted to, uh, I'm excited about diving into what you see in those guys, their their potential future in the NFL. But I wanted to ask you, man, tell us what you do at the Draft Network and how long have you been covering the draft process through the throughout the NFL? What What's your history in this? Yeah, for sure. So I've been with the Draft Network since December of 2020. So a little over, whatever it is, a little bit over a year, 2021, whatever it is, a little over a year now. Um, and in my past, um, I was a former staff writer for the Washington Redskins slash Washington football team. Um, that's where I was. I'm DMV native. Um, so that's where I grew up. And then from there, I joined the Draft Network and been here for a little over a year now covering, you know, the NFL, college, the prospects, the draft process, um, just kind of becoming that, you know, that all around evaluator with our team, our scouting team, our content team. Um, I'm our feature writer for the content team on that side of things. And uh, yeah, everything, uh, you know, I'll talk about a little bit this later, but everything you can find is at the draftnetwork.com. Awesome, man. I, I love what you guys do. I had a, I've been diving deep into the, especially when the senior bowl was going on, man, I was reading y'all's website constantly. And I love, listen, as a, as a content creator, not only do I love the content y'all are putting out, but I love the way it looks on y'all's website. Everything looks so clean. So anyway, whoever's your web developer, they need a raise. They do a good job. Everything's so clean and clear. And I can, I know exactly where to look. So, Oh, just uh, wait, just wait, Kenny. Yeah. Left of the combine. Got something new coming for you. You got, we got some new stuff. Yes, sir. Do you guys have an app that we can be looking that, that we can point tiger fans to? Uh, not that I know of. No, but we a little inside scoop here. We will have a brand new, uh, website 
breaking out here right after the combine. Oh. It, it is clean, Kenny. It's very, a clean, 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 clean. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So obviously you talked about being a, a former, um, em, uh, not employee, but a writer for the uh, Washington Commanders, former Washington football team. But obviously Memphis fans watch that team quite a bit because of one of their own, um, Antonio Gibson, plays for them. I know we've, we're going to get into Calvin and Dylan, I promise you, but <laughs> it feels to me that Tiger – players are all over the NFL now and so um, which is really really cool to see um, as somebody who is a who I love watching sports I love watching the NFL I don't have a team that I follow like like I'm not a diehard Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan like there are about a billion of them here in Memphis but I love watching Tiger Tiger players do well so how is how's Antonio Gibson doing over there man are the people still high on him there's ups and downs with Antonio, uh, he's got to learn her role in the football, you know, or he'll uh, be holding a clipboard real soon. But I think the talent is definitely there. Um, in Scott Turner's offense, he was kind of that guy moving into even this fall um, in his second year that, you know, he was a guy that they wanted to have that very, very heavy workload that you kind of similarly see with with Christian McCaffrey in Carolina um, and kind of keeping that tread fresh with him. They have J.D. McKissick kind of working behind him, but I think the talent is definitely there, both in the passing game and in the running game. He's a big-bodied back that can create inside and outside the tackles. He's got breakaway speed. He can run over you. He can run around you or, or jump over you. He does a lot of things well. Um, but his main thing is just holding on to the football. Um, and that happened in week one against L.A. Um, on, on a potential game-winning drive that they had inside their own 20. So there's a lot of things that he does well. Um, but the main thing, and we know this, whether it's in the college landscape or the NFL landscape, you can't hold on to the football. You're not going to get snaps. Um, but again, the talent is there. And like you said, with Memphis, I mean, guys, every single year come in from this Memphis program, Kenneth Gainwell, Tony Pollard, Gibson, the names go on and on. And a guy that we're going to talk about in just a little bit in Calvin, as far as an offensive weapon is, uh, is the next name in line. So let's jump into the, in, into Calvin and, 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 and break his, his story down, man. I know he, Memphis fans were enthralled by some of the video that was coming out with Calvin Austin at the Senior Bowl. I mean, some of the some of the videos were just insane. We've seen it for you know four years now, and and we've seen the speed, and we've seen what I noticed with Calvin is that he's gotten much bigger, much sturdier in in his legs, um, in his hips that he seems to have put on quite a bit of, of weight and quite a bit of size um, since he left Memphis. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily because um, if that's true or if it's because I wasn't seeing him in a full pad, you know, full pad, like I did every, every Saturday um, during, you know, the la over the last four years, but man, folks were just in, it was just stunned by what they saw against some high level players across the country so you seem to be really aware of Calvin's journey. I've seen you write, and I've seen I've seen the things that you've written about Calvin. Um, you you seem to be very aware of his journey from being a walk on to then becoming one of the best receivers in college football. What does his growth while in college tell you about Calvin? I think it tells you a lot um, from both levels, both in college and at the NFL level. Just considering that he isn't the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy, right? I mean, he played probably his years at Memphis around the low probably 160s. He weighed in at the Senior Bowl 173. Um, he's 5'7", so, you know, it leaves a lot desired just on paper. He's not going to be a guy if he lined up everybody in, in the country from this wide receiver class 
in a t-shirt and shorts and you're going to pick him out first. It's just not going to happen. But when you turn the film on and you put pads on, the kid can play football. And seeing him live at the Senior Bowl, like, like I said, Kenny, he watching him all year long at Memphis, he's just one of the most dynamic playmakers in college football. And I try not to compare him to Rondell Moore, out of who you know, guy we saw out of Purdue last year and with Arizona this year. And he left a lot to be desired this fall, as did the Arizona Cardinals, but that's for another story. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but Calvin Austin is, like I said, a former walk-on. Um, to be able to come into Memphis and work at so many different alignments and then you project him to the NFL level where a guy that can work in the backfield, a guy that can give you value as a special teamer. And like you said, now being at 173, 175, is he, if he's able to go to Indy and run in the four threes, which I'm expecting or a potential four high four twos as a former track guy, which helps. And this is his, you know, his showcase event um, is a guy that will have an immediate impact at the NFL level, despite him being undersized, quote unquote, um, you know, to the standard at the wide receiver position. So you, I know you've had the chance to see a lot of video of Calvin throughout the years as you've researched him and studied him. Where has Calvin, from the time that he was a redshirt freshman to, I'm sorry, not a redshirt, uh, he was a a freshman, a walk-on freshman to his senior year at Memphis, where do you think he matured the most in his skill set, in his mindset, whatever it is, where do, you, where do you think he matured the most as a receiver during his years at Memphis? His success and his ability to work in the intermediate areas of the offense as an undersized threat, I think, is the biggest thing for me. And you look at so many guys that have sort of his stature, and it's like, oh, they're not going to have kind of that body armor to, to shell against the physicality uh, requirements of the NFL level. But Playing in Memphis in the AAC, you know, that, that's good football. And consistently, whether he's able to win over the top or, you know, catch the ball on screens and create, he's not just a gadget guy. He'll be able to become that target hog within an offense. I like to think of him as an even just like a thinner uh, Jamison Crowder. And for those familiar, a guy out of Duke uh, that played in Washington is now with the New York Jets, suspended free agent. But Calvin Austin, his ability to work over the intermediate areas of the offense where he will find his most immediate success because he's able to separate off the line of scrimmage, which we saw all season long. And at Mobile, there was, I tweeted about it, but there truly was Kenny, no one that was able to hold Calvin's lunch down in Mobile. His, his footwork off the line of scrimmage, his hands, it, it, they're elite. Um, and I'm just really, really excited to see him at the next level, truly also become a red zone nightmare. We get so caught up in these guys being six foot three, six foot four, throwing it up to them in the back of the end zone. But if you put a five foot seven, Calvin Austin in the slot and have somebody try to cover him one-on-one in the red zone. Good luck. Uh, he's, he's such an exciting player. As you can tell, you know, I'm very, very high on the kid. Uh, super, super humble, humble individual that I've gotten to know pretty well over this process. And I'm uh, just really looking forward to him opening eyes, both in Indianapolis in the next few weeks at the pro day and uh, at, the, at the NFL level. So you, you mentioned other receivers, the big body receivers that are in the NFL. And there seems to be a prototype now, right, in the NFL of of, of receivers that, you know, that teams are looking for. The, you know, you look at the top 10 receivers from this past year in the NFL and eight out of the top 10 are six foot or higher. They weigh upwards of 190 to 200 to even up to, you know, DK Metcalf, who's 230, 240, you know, just huge, huge individuals. We know that NFL teams place high value on big body receivers, but I mean, you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Hunter Renfro, you've got the other guys that you've mentioned, you know, that have come out of come into the league in the last couple of years that are 
really that are that would be considered undersized receivers, but are extremely successful. So with that, and and, and I'm not trying to compare skill sets in terms of Calvin Austin to Tyreek Hill. We're talking about one of the best receivers in the NFL and Tyreek, but what kind of role can a small body receiver like Calvin have in an NFL offensive scheme set? I think he's an ultimate chess piece. And I think that's what every NFL offense wants nowadays, a guy that is scheme versatile and he's not stuck in the slot. Um, everyone looks at these small receivers. You look at Hunter Renfro. He's a slot guy. I talked about Jamison Crowder. He's a primary slot guy. Calvin Austin, you can flex out at different positions. You can put him at X. You can put him at Z. You can flex him in the backfield. You can get him out on motion. And again, like I said, he's going to offer value as a special teamers because of it. he has five, high 4-2 speed. So that role you know, at the NFL level, it's just doing so many different things as NFL offenses continue to diversify themselves. I would absolutely love to see him potentially in Kansas City. I, I, I can't even imagine that with, with Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Calvin Austin and whatever they do in free agency at the wide receiver position. But a guy that is an ultimate chess piece to where defenses constantly have to game plan for him wherever he is, is really what Calvin will be at the next level. So in terms of his scouting report and and what NFL franchises are, and I'm sure you talked to a lot of these guys and, and even got to talk to him at the Senior Bowl, but do you think that the NFL teams that are looking at him are – do you think that they have something in their brain? Well, he's 5'7", 170. Like, is that something that they go, that's a detriment to his opportunities? Or, or are they looking past that and saying, man, we've seen the, the, the framework in the NFL. We've seen the, the, the small body receiver that can be successful and win championships. This is not, this is not a deterrent to him being an NFL, a, a, a wide receiver that plays in the NFL. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's definitely guys out there that may have him just sliding down their boards or potentially off their boards because of that size and those worries. Um, but those are the exact teams you look back four or five years from now and they're like, why didn't we keep Calvin and Austin on our board? Mm. Um, you know what I mean? So being that undersized um, has its issues. I think Monday when they weighed in uh, in Mobile, you're like 5'7", 173. I think there's a little bit more sand in his pants than we expected, but 5'7", there's going to be some issues. But then you see him throughout the week at practice and during the game. Um, it doesn't matter if he was facing a primary nickel corner that's going to be projected at the next level, guy that's going to primarily work over the slot, or a guy that's 6'2", 6'3", that's going to be outside designated to work on X. Um, he was open all week long. Um, the quarterbacks left a lot to be desired down in Mobile. That was a huge, another obviously big storyline, but microscoping Calvin Austin um, and his abilities. Uh, I, there will be teams that will have issues with that. They may see him slip maybe potentially to the high end part of the third round. Um, I don't see him slipping past the end of the second round because of his dynamic ability. Um, but there will be teams out there that uh, move him down or take him off their board just because he is five, seven, which is truly unfortunate. So you kind of segue into my next question, the draft network, y'all put out mock drafts often, where do, you, where do you guys have Calvin going in your mock drafts at the Draft Network? So in our mocks, um, we usually release first round mocks. It's kind of what our first part of the, you know, each week we do is, is first rounds for our, our scouting team. Um, and then they'll release a second round mock. And he's he's made some appearances in the back end of the second round. Um, and I, I truly do see him going in that range. Um, this receiver class is very, very deep. Um, I don't need to talk about the guys up top and, and Jameson Williams and the Drake London's of the class. 
But if you need a guy to come in and right away, and again, be that target hog, be a wide receiver three, if you're a team like Kansas City, if you're a team like Indianapolis, if you're a team like Philadelphia, um, that needs immediate production at the wide receiver position, um, by no means is he going to come in and probably have 100, 110 receptions in his first year. He's not going to blow anybody out of the water. But if you want a guy that wants to come in his first year and get him, you know, get his feet wet, so to speak, and get 50, 60 catches um, and create, uh, you know, yards after the catch, um, I don't see him slipping past the second round because of his true game-breaking ability. He, he really is lightning in a bottle. Man, that I, I know Memphis fans are going to be extremely excited to hear that and excited for Calvin. You know, he's homegrown Memphis, played high school ball here in Memphis, walked on at the University of Memphis, and he is just one of – one of the the Tiger greats, you know, we you, the Tiger fans, they look back at, at certain players and they say, man, this guy, just like Tony Pollard, you know, just like there's a lot of other players that came through that, that weren't specifically from Memphis playing high school ball. But Calvin is one of those guys that I think a lot of Tiger fans are going to be extremely excited to see in the NFL and happy for any success that he gets. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on, man. Let's move on to one of the big uglies that was at the uh, at the at the uh, Senior Bowl, and that's Dylan Parham, who was a redshirt senior, five-year player at the University of Memphis. He played a multitude of positions at the University of Memphis. He actually came in as a freshman, as a 250-pound tight end, who then redshirted and during that time switched to the defensive line. And then ultimately landed at at the offensive line, and then played offensive line for the rest of his you know four years at the University of Memphis. Two hundred and fifty pounds as a tight end is fine. Two hundred fifty pounds as a offensive lineman is not good. So I know that that's been one of the one of the things that we've seen in Dylan over the years is just him growing in size. But one of the things that you cannot deny about Dylan Parham is that he was extremely talented as an offensive lineman for the for the University of Memphis. 
you know, Dylan, I think is a great example of, of the university of Memphis's coaching staff. And I know there was some switch over in, in terms of head coaching and, you know, Dylan's line line coach at University of Memphis for the first four three years was uh, Ryan Silverfield, who then became the head coach when Mike Norvell left. But knowing his history of coming in as a 250 pound tight end, switching to defensive line, finally landing at the offensive line, what does this tell you about Dylan's work ethic and his ability to learn new positions? He's so fun to watch. Uh, when I first flipped on his tape, I said, "Who the heck is Dylan?" <laughs> Parham. Right. Because um, everything for me starts from his, from the feet and every single sport. It doesn't matter if you're playing football, you're playing basketball, you're on ice and playing hockey. Um, if you have good footwork, you'll be able to compete at whatever level. And comparing his footwork to some of the elite offensive line prospects in this class, um, the Charles Cross or the Charles Crosses, the Kenyon Greens, the Tyler Linderbaums, guy that guys that you know, Linderbaum and Green are kind of primary interior guys, and Cross has that positional versatility, but Dylan Parham is right up there with him as far as footwork. Um, he weighed in 313 pounds in Mobile. And as you mentioned, he came into Memphis as a 250-pound tight end. So he's willing, you know, to adjust his body, almost like similar to how actors or actresses change their bodies for different roles in movies. He's been able to do that. Um, I still am not sure exactly where he will weigh in, and in Indianapolis, um, considering he may have to slide to center, but looking at him and his skill set that he has, um, being able to be positional, you know, positionally versatile um, as a center, as a guard, he has experience at tackle. I don't think he will have any snaps at the NFL level at tackle just due to his his lack of arm length um, and his overall size. Um, but you want a guy that is extremely athletic. He's working inside at guard and consistently reaching out and sealing three techniques on the inside. That that's that's stupid stuff right there. That's that's athletic freak stuff from the interior. And if you want a guy that's been able to come in and do that and get a guy in the third, fourth round as a value selection, Dylan Parham is that guy. So you you mentioned all the different line positions that he he got some run at and he got, obviously um first year he played I think it was left guard, then he played right tackle his um, sophomore or his junior year, and then his senior, no, I'm sorry, his sophomore year, then his junior and his senior year, he got, he played all right guard. And, and so what's the difference for somebody who's listening to this, that doesn't understand the the differences in those positions. And, and on top of that, we fought, we saw some video of him getting some run at center at, at the senior bowl. Number one, how did he do as a, as a center there, I know he, I know everybody was kind of getting some run because I think from what I've read, the center position is not a very deep position in this year's draft, but how did he do? And, and, and tell me, describe the, the, the main, like what are the technique differences and how he did in those, in, in, in those different techniques? Yeah. A lot of those guys, and we'll start out with him at center. I think he actually looked pretty clean. Uh, at center. And again, everything starts with footwork and his ability to, whether he's moving vertical in the run, whether he's in one-on-ones, whether they did some full team drills, um, everything was clean from his perspective. And, and working at center, the biggest technical deficiency that I see um, when you're trying to go from center to guard to tackle is in your hands and ability to jolt offensive linemen, whether you got a guy lined up as a zero technique for, for those listening, doesn't know zero technique. That's a guy, your nose to nose, with the nose tackle. 
Um, that's a zero technique. His ability to get his hands up if a guy he's, you know, he may be 305 at the NFL level. If he's facing a guy that's Kenny Clark in Green Bay, that's 330 plus pounds. How is he going to be able to anchor or in and, and opposite, you know, move forward and move vertical or displace Kenny Clark in the run game? So his ability to jolt his hands, win first is what we like to say for these offensive linemen, get your hands in between their breastplate and win. Um, that's kind of the biggest uh, deficiencies you see from guys going from guard to center. And then when he worked out at guard um, in Mobile, again, his just his footwork and his ability as a dancing bear really uh, in space is, is truly, truly dynamic. And you saw it on film all year long. He's a little top heavy. I would like to see him a little bit, you know, get a little more thick in his lower half. Um, Kenyon Green is kind of that poster child for this class. He's got tree trunks for legs. Um, but also in the same thing, you don't want to kind of take away the strength and overall functional athleticism and flexibility if you're going to be building up muscle in that lower half. Um, but just watching him and what he's able to do with just an elite, strong, powerful upper half and where he gains steam with those legs um, and ability to shift and slide and ID stunts and blitzers as a guard uh, is just really, really presents a prospect for teams that, that need that value uh, on. He'll go on day two. Um, he potentially may slide to day three as it depends on how he tests, how interviews go. Um, but again, he's going to be one of the, the highest value selections in this class. Just another athlete out of Memphis. They pump him out every year. Kenny, I know we talked a little bit earlier, but he's <laughs> another athlete. We always talk about the running backs, right. wide receivers, right. but it matters in the interior line. And, and as of, you know, the defensive line guys are becoming more athletic, a little bit smaller. Um, you know, if he does potentially get reps as, you know, as a tackle in an emergency situation, he's going to, I feel like he's going to be able to do that uh, because he has the necessary fundamental athletic profile and technical ability um, from his feet up. Again, everything starts from the feet and Dylan Parham has some of the best feet in the class and he's going to present one of the biggest value selections in this entire draft. So if he was like, if you looked at the scouting report for him and, and looked at the, we've, we've talked about the pros, but in terms of the cons, like, is it, is it a weight thing? If he put on this amount of weight, he would be one of the top ranked guys. Like, what is it that it is, is Kenny? It is. Yeah. We, um, again, he played, I mean, look at the Memphis site, he's 285 on the site and then he weighs in a mobile, almost 40 pounds heavier at 313 and our scouts. And when he weighed in, we're like, shoot, you know, Dylan Parham was 313. That's, that matters because that, you know, saying that is his stock's going to rise because of that ability. But if you, you're not going to come to the NFL at 285 pounds as a guard and be able to have success facing similarly athletic guys. Um, but at 315, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's some more weight um, down below that, that, that you can, uh, you know, holster against defensive linemen and ability to use that athleticism that I've talked about so much. So um, I would like to see him, if he weighs in at 315 in Indy, and shows off in drills and his footwork. Um, he he may go uh, third round, early third round. He, he's he's a guy with stock on the rise. With like you said, his weight matters for him. It it matters a lot. It's amazing for me as as somebody who's been in Memphis my entire life to be able to look up and down NFL rosters and see Memphis University of Memphis Tigers all over the place, and especially like you know we've the Tigers have put out you know, players that are in the skill positions, you know, there's been, there's always been tigers in the NFL and skill positions, but, but seeing some of these big uglies, the guys that are the, 
the the anchors of of offensive and defensive lines, the guys that you know we always talk about, kind of being surrounded in SEC territory. Everybody talks about how big the SEC defensive and offensive linemen are, and there is a substantial difference in size. You can see it, but it's amazing to come back now and look at it and go, the Tigers are putting some of those guys in the NFL now, and 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 Dylan being the next one up, I think, is extremely exciting for. University of Memphis. I know I saw a mock draft on your site the other day that had him going late second round. I'm sure there's a lot of mock drafts coming out, but you're you would say safe bet right now he would probably be an early third round pick. I would say he does not slip past the third round. The, I, I as a play, the player with that fundamental athletic ability, the NFL loves tools, and from everything that we're hearing, everything that I'm hearing individually from scouts and evaluators across the league. He is a guy that will not slip past the third round. And if he does, it's because of something he, you know, he weighs in under, like we talked about. Um, he has some hiccups in, in the medical process or interview process, but the, I, I truly don't see him slipping past the third round. Ryan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you letting me take up some of your time this morning and and ask you about Calvin and Dylan. I'm, it was exciting to to watch, um, to see some of the tweets you were throwing out during the senior, senior Bowl, highlighting what those guys were doing out there. It's a testament to the University of Memphis football program and, and the, the kind of skill level they're putting out, the work and development they're putting into it. And Man, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, why don't you tell uh, our listeners about the NFL Draft Network, some of the services you guys do, what, what, how, how can they follow what you do? Yeah, so for me individually, um, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Ryan Fowler underscore. And then all my work and all of our work from our scouting department, our content team is over at thedraftnetwork.com. We have mock drafts. We have player profiles, over 400 guys that will be in this draft class, um, we have one of the best, in my opinion, um, mock draft simulators, full seven round. Um, you have player profiles on every single guy as you go through the draft process. Um, you know, we are your quote unquote one stop shop for everything NFL, college, college draft prospects, everything you need to know in this upcoming draft, coverage from the combine, coverage from pro days. Uh, we will have all of that there at thedraftnetwork.com. And again, in a couple of weeks, a new website. Exactly right. Hey, the one y'all have now is awesome. So I can't wait to see what you guys do with this next one. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be like 3d holograms and stuff like that. It's going to be awesome. But again, man, Ryan, thank you. I really appreciate you joining me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kenny, for having me. And, uh, you know, Memphis is uh, definitely on the rise and, uh, we know you talked a little bit about a minute ago with kind of these big uglies trying to get into the NFL from the from Memphis program and, and Dylan trying to become that first lineman actually in yes. the NFL. Um, Let's go. So looking forward to really following Dylan and, and Calvin's career and, and moving forward. And again, thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers and 20 off the boards. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a rating and a comment wherever you download your podcast. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, head over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.